Good morning, and thank you for joining me once again as we continue uh, our read through the Bible plan. And we have made our way into Second Chronicles, and we are in chapter 4. So we're going to be looking at Second uh, Chronicles uh, chapters 4, 5, 6, and 7. Uh, today. And so we'll take a minute and give you kind of an overview and come back to an emphasis to be found in Second Chronicles chapter 7. So uh, we saw yesterday the, the temple uh, was built and chapter 4 tells us about the uh, various uh, furnishings uh, that were made and were prescribed uh, for the temple. God was very precise about the things that were going to be utilized uh, within uh, this house of God. And then we're uh, told about the, the ark actually being uh, brought and brought in the prescribed way uh, to the kingdom. The nation had learned its lesson in the, 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 uh, the death of Uzzah. And chapter 6 tells us uh, about uh, uh, this great prayer where Solomon intercedes and prays and uh, blesses uh, the, the nation. And uh, uh, again, in preparation uh, for uh, the service uh, of the temple, and again, reminds uh, the nation of uh, God's faithfulness. Uh, chapter 6 continues uh, with uh, a dedicatory prayer, a, a prayer to dedicate the temple, and it's a reminder, it's a rehearsal, uh, it's a restatement of the various promises of God's covenant uh, with this uh, very unique uh, uh, very unique people, very unique place, namely the temple. Chapter 7, uh, uh, this uh, fire uh, comes and uh, uh, comes in, uh, comes down upon the temple and the, the, the actual presence of the Lord, the glory of the Lord uh, is going to come uh, upon the temple. The people are moved uh, to uh, worship. And uh, then we uh, see this great reminder that we're going to look at in just a moment in chapter 7. And uh, so um, we see again the, this reminder of the covenant. Uh, there, there's an upside and a downside to the covenant. Namely, uh, the upside is uh, your obedience will be rewarded by the faithfulness of God. And if you uh, fulfill uh, your part of this covenant, you're going to be blessed in this land and you're going to be great among the nations. But if you shall refuse, uh, to live under the terms that have been very clearly outlined, you'll die, and, and worse. And so uh, uh, we find here uh, this reminder from Solomon, and uh, let's pick up in verse 14. It's, it's familiar uh, to you, um, and we'll, we'll say something. Is it, uh, is it a prayer that's appropriate for our day and time? Is it a prayer that applies uh, to all Christians uh, uh, today? Well, let's get, we'll get to it. Verse uh, 14. If my people are called by my name, humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open, and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house, that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. And as for you, if you will walk before me as David your father walked, doing according to all that I've commanded you and keeping my statutes and my rules, then I will establish your royal throne as I covenanted with David your father, saying, You shall not lack a man to rule Israel. But 
If you turn aside and forsake my statutes and my commandments that I've set before you and go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will pluck you up from my land that I have given you and this house that I have consecrated for my name. I will cast out of my sight and I will make it a proverb and a byword among all peoples. And at this house which was exalted, everyone passing by will be astonished and say, Why has the Lord done thus to this land and to this house? Then they will say, Because they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who brought them out of the land of Egypt and laid hold on other gods and worshipped them and served them. Therefore he has brought all this disaster on them. And so we see both sides of what it means to be in covenant with God that God called upon this nation uh, to live in a peculiar arrangement with Him. Uh, Should they live in obedience, they would be rewarded uh, by uh, being blessed, by prospering in every way that we would define prosperity, uh, by flourishing in every way that we would define flourishing within the land. And uh, if they choose to rebel, uh, then from the, the moment the covenant was inaugurated, God has warned. We see it in Exodus. We see it in Deuteronomy. uh, We see it on the lips of the prophets uh, that uh, if you rebel, God is going to bring judgment. Well, the history of Israel is this. They rebelled. God brought judgment. Uh, When they repented, uh, God was faithful uh, to forgive. Uh, The ultimate act of rebellion and the following judgment uh, was actually the fall of uh, Israel in 722 B.C. and the Babylonian uh, exile uh, that began in 586 B.C. God did exactly what He said. The temple was ultimately raised and people would look at it and wonder what happened to this great and glorious people and their God. And they were to be reminded that they had rebelled against God and God did exactly what He said. Now the question is, uh, does this concept of God's people uh, crying out to Him uh, and uh, when they cry out, uh, God will hear them and He will uh, forgive their sin and heal their land. Well, obviously, first and foremost, it applies to that peculiar nation and that peculiar time, their particular place, that uh, it was a part of this unique uh, older covenant uh, in the way that God would bless. Now, there's certainly some sense of a, a general application that God's people should always pray. Uh, They should always pray uh, for themselves, for their families, uh, for their communities, and for ever-extending circles. Uh, But uh, uh, I would not, uh, if if you interpret this, if a lot of Christians get together and if they pray faithfully, the United States of America is going to be great or any other nation that exists today is going to be great. Uh, That is most likely a wrong understanding and a wrong application of this. Now again, the corollary is not, I'm discouraging you from praying. We should pray and we should hope uh, that God would bring peace to our land, peace to our world and uh, flourishing and prosperity. But more importantly, in that peaceful context that the gospel goes forth. Um, Sometimes I struggle with, with, with this type of thing and, and that, yes, we want people to flourish in, in every way, but the most important thing is that they hear and respond to the gospel. And so uh, our, our intercession is not that we would be 
uh, a great nation in, the, in geopolitical terms or economic terms, simply that we would pray that we would be uh, allowed the privilege of taking the gospel anywhere and everywhere that we uh, can go. Uh, that is ultimate, and that is God's ultimate purpose uh, for whatever the providences of our life happen to be, whether it's times of unrest or whether it's times of peace. Uh, God's purpose is that we know Him, that we be a people of prayer, that we be a people of passion for Him, and that we be a people uh, that desires that all other people uh, hear uh, His gospel. So I guess finally, I would be careful about uh, the idea that uh, uh, Christians are going to pray and, and you know, America is going to be uh, great in some uh, secular definition. Uh, indeed, we should pray, and we should desire peace, and again, that human beings flourish everywhere. Uh, but our primary hope for peace or, or for providence is that the gospel go forth, whether it's in times of great turbulence and upheaval or whether it's in times of, of, of great peace. And so uh, I pray that this is a blessing to your day, and I look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow.